Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group with our partner, the National Women Veterans United, NWVU. May it's Mental Health Awareness, Military Appreciation, and Asian Pacific Heritage Month. Happy Mother's Day tomorrow. Today is Saturday, May 13th, 2023. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Clayman, the co-host, Army National Guard veteran. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have once again with us Rochelle Crump. She's a U.S. Army veteran and founder and president of the National Women's Veterans United. And we're talking about Memorial Day and honoring women veterans because that is coming up. And that is very important. We want to do this to make sure that our women are recognized for the service that they've done and all the sacrifices they've made being in the military. How are you doing, Rochelle? I'm doing fine, Sean. Thank you so much again for hosting. And this is really a great opportunity for us to talk about all those things that you just said that are so important. So tell us, what do you want us to know about the service that women have made and what, what's going on with your organization? Are you doing anything special for Memorial Day? Yeah, absolutely we are. Uh, we've got a couple of parades that we'll be participating in. We're going to start off downtown on Saturday the 27th. Uh, we're number 70 in the line, and we will be marching as well as riding on military vehicles in order to make sure that we are seen appropriately letting all of the world know that we are alive and well and we actually are um don't want to be left out of history as as we always say and we want to make an impact to people because a lot of times they don't know and won't ask whether or not we are uh soldiers or you know have served in the armed forces and all the branches of service so we're doing that on saturday and then on Monday, we actually have uh, two things that we're doing, actually three, with three things on Monday, May the 29th. We're going to start out by doing and participating in the parade at the um, Beverly um, area. It's a uh, parade that they've had for years on, on eight, years and years. Uh, this will be our second time participating in it, and uh, we look forward to it. You know, going through the community of Beverly and actually, um, you know, this is an opportunity for the community to be involved. And they were last year and the year before when we went. I mean, all of the residents come out cheering us on, um, you know, and we do this because we not only want to be seen but we actually want to bring awareness to the fact that so many women have made that ultimate sacrifice and that's what it's all about that's what memorial day is about uh even though we're veterans and we want to be seen and and not left out of history you know the whole thing is about making sure that women are not left out of understanding that they served and they died for this country also as you know, that we uh, represent the family of the uh, Simone Robinson, who basically died as a result of her injuries in Afghanistan. And basically on the truck, that will be her unit that will be uh, driving in on, on the Saturday. 
Uh, and then we look forward to some of the participants who actually were in Afghanistan with her. When we leave from the Beverly area doing that parade, we have another event with Memorial uh, from the Dignity Memorial Evergreen Park Cemetery located at 3401 West 87th Street. Uh, we will have a ceremony there from 1230 to 2 o'clock. The Chicago Buffalo Troopers will be a part of the carry uh, the uh, convoy into the cemetery along with the horse and carriage in reference of not forgetting the fallen soldier. Uh, we look forward to doing that event. We have also lined up, uh, you know, to honor those who basically did not make it back for POWMIAs. We never forget them also. They're still missing in action. Uh, so we want to make sure that we can bring attention to that as well. And uh, when we leave from that cemetery, we go to Restvale Cemetery where we honor and pay tribute to Simone Robinson. Her family will be there. We'll have a bagpiper there. We'll be doing the, um, you know, the taps, and we'll be talking about, you know, the sacrifice that she made for this nation and just consoling her family, too. That family has been through quite a bit, not just the loss of Simone, but shortly uh, the couple years, you know, two years ago, she lost two other daughters, not in the military, wow. but from illnesses. And so the family has lost three uh, women, three young women at that. Simone was only 21 years old. Her daughter was two years old. She's 16 now. She's getting some semblance of, you know, of who her mother is now because they're two years old. And then, you know, her mom leaving and everything. She's learning more about that process, and it's not easy for her, mm-hmm. you know. And so we try to stand by her also and make sure that she's okay. And then check on the family. You know, I found that one thing that we have not done, and I had that conversation with the last sister that is living, is that we never stopped to ask her how she was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we've consoled the mother. We've talked to the mother all the time. And, you know, but we never stop to ask the, the sisters how they're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we have to remember that the impact that it has on all of the family. And it's a very large family and it's a very close knit family, mm-hmm. you know. And one thing for sure that we need to understand is, you know, as we honor our fallen comrades, you know, by remembering them on Memorial Day, we can also serve those who are living you know, and understanding the things that we still need to do for those veterans who are living, you know, like homelessness of women. And that is really just a shame, you know. And I, I'm going to switch the gear a little bit there to just say, you know, out of all these years of knowing about homelessness, we have not, we as a nation have not figured this out yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't figured it out. You know, you you have now that, they have families that are homeless with them when they're homeless. So you just can't say go to the VA and the VA is basically going to take care of you and your family because they don't have the resources for that. You know, they're really struggling with that. You know, with having service animals, you can't send them to the shelter with service animals, you know. So where are you sending them? You know, it would have been nice if they had opened up a school like they've done here recently, you know, where, you know, we have other 
people who come into this country and we're glad that they're coming to this country and every person who is human should be able to have a bed to sleep in. But, you know, we cannot forget those who serve this nation and have been here a long time on the battlefield for this whole thing that we call homelessness, you know, that they should have a bed also. So, you know, we've got to get our priorities straight. We're hoping that, you know, we can be heard. And this is a platform for us to be heard. And I'm glad that we get this opportunity to just remind people that it is really something that we need to pay attention to. You know, we're not political. We don't want to be a part of political. But what we want them to do, and they being those who can do it with all of this money in America, is to make sure that our veterans can have a bed to sleep in like they had a tent to sleep in when they were serving in Afghanistan and and, uh, in Iraq and all those other places that they go to defend this nation, land, air, and sea. So we want to, you know, we don't want to interrupt what the Memorial Day is about, but it is also a remembrance that we have those that are still here that we have to take care of. So we want to definitely get that out. We want to definitely let them know that, you know, there's so many things that still need to happen. And I'll tell you something I just learned uh, today. I saw in an article that was written by Justin Grab of WSB TV that a soldier, she's actually in Illinois, went to deployment, came home, and guess what? A squatter is in her house yeah. that she cannot put out. Well, yeah. You know, so... That's something wait, that a lot of people don't know is, about, that uh, people can actually steal your property. By just changing yeah. the titles, particularly Cook County has a big problem with that because in, that, in the Cook County uh, clerk's office now, uh, Karen Yarbrough put up an initiative to try to make sure people were aware. And even uh, one of even a local newscaster um, home was stolen when she was on either here. I can't remember if it was he or she but went on vacation, came back home. They had changed the title of the house while they were away and then literally just moved in. So now you have to go through a legal process to try to prove that you did not sign your house away. Absolutely. And so, you know, we got to do more and we got to do better than that, you know, because we cannot have our men and women who are away, you know, protecting those, you know, countries and, you know, fighting for, you know, everyone here for the nation. And then they can't come home to their own house. That's just insane. Mm -hmm. So we've got to do better with legislation. We got to call on for executive orders and resolutions and whatever it is going to take. And it needs to be now. We can't wait, you know, for going to court and all this thing for those who coming home. Uh uh. You know, there's some things that need to be done like right now. Like we're saying, when people's lights out right now, we need to be trying to turn them on. You know, it needs to be that type of aggression that we do. And we need to do it. It's just mm-hmm. as simple as that. One of the things I like about your organization is that you actually try to find, um, you take women who are who are homeless or between um, shelters or whatever, and try and try to find them and place them in permanent housing, either uh, long term housing or permanent housing. What's that? How does that process? How do you do that process? What is that like? And, and what types of things do you? How do you? How do you find the resources to do that? Well, we work with we do work with the VA and they are struggling to find places, you know. So what we do is we stop the what we call stop the bleeding, which is right now services. And that's because they don't have anywhere to go. We put them in the hotel. We put uh, them in the hotel until we have a positive place that they can go and they can stay there and be comfortable. 
you know, there's some shelters we we don't even actually refer them to shelters. Now, if they go to a shelter, it's because the VA puts them in the shelter. We will keep them as long as we can until they have permanent housing. And they do have some programs now that have permanent housing that are doing some good. You know, you got your Volunteers of America, you got Featherfish, you got a couple of those who basically have some contracts that they're doing and they're making headway with, you know, the uh, landlords and things like that. But it's not enough. There's not enough. Because keeping in mind that there are so many people that are homeless now, and it's not just veterans. They have some veterans' priorities, but they don't have a lot of veterans' uh, priorities. So, you know, we still struggle with that, but we make sure that they are taken care of. We give them uh, gift cards so they can get food, they can buy clothing, you know, and things like that. We keep them in that hotel and stuff. The hotel in uh, Donald's Grove has been very nice to us. The Best Western, we have a partnership with them where, you know, we can take them in on any night, you know what I'm saying? And and, and they will put them there and they will make sure that those veterans basically are taken care of. They treat them with dignity and respect, you know, and so we need more of that. We need a place where we can take them, even with domestic violence, but even with the VA, they call us because they have no place to send them. You know, wow. so we're putting our money out there. Keep in mind, we do not get a lot of grants. A lot of the funds that we have are small uh, fundraisers that we do, the pledges that we individually make in our organization, and then the few and small grants that we get. And then we get some help outside from organizations that, you know, are helping us out with gift cards and things like that. The National Association of the University Veterans, I mean, University Women. Also, you know, we had a couple of sororities that gave us gift cards also. Uh, uh, Sigma Rho, you know, we so we want to give credit to them also. They see the need that we have, and they've tried to help us, you know. And so there's some others, too, uh, that, you know, uh, it, joining forces has helped us, you know. Uh, so we're, we have some partners, but it's still a strain because we still don't have all of the resources that we need. We need a building. That's what we're trying to get. We need a building where we can have immediate housing for them and that they can be comfortable and we can help them through the whole process, triage as well as then getting them back into the mainstream of how they can live in dignity and, and peace. Right, because the offices you have right now, you rent those facilities, right? Yes. Okay. So what? Are, how do yes. people donate? What, are, what website can they go visit, or how do they uh, support you guys financially if they need to, um, if they want to you know, participate and kind of uh, help you guys do the work that you're doing? Because you guys find shelter and find um, uh, places for people to stay, whether it's temporary, long-term, or permanent. Do you help um, yeah. feed people and give people resources, information, help people with VA benefits and things like that, but particularly women veterans, which um, is uh, oftentimes we don't, like you said, we don't really hear about women veterans oftentimes, but that's the fastest demographic no. in the military, fastest growing Absolutely. demographic in the military. Yes, yeah, so they can make donations to the National Women Veterans United either by mail at 8620 South Pulaski Road, Chicago, Illinois, 60652, also, they can zail us at nwvu.org at gmail.com. And then, you know, we want to take this opportunity, too, 
to just, you know, thank the police department for all that they do, the firemen and those who are making those sacrifices too, you know, by serving our country and stuff. And our condolences goes out to the family of Officer Arena Preston, you know, and before we cut it out, I want to definitely make sure that we have a moment of silence for her, you know, because that is a tragedy, not just to that family, but for the nation, mm. because we cannot continue to live in fear and have to be faced with these type of tragedies. Now, Rochelle, I want to ask you this question, because as a woman, as a veteran, you were served in Vietnam. What When you look at all the things that women face today in the military, we look at uh, military sexual trauma, MST, we look at um, discrimination, we look at even disparities between um, like how the different wars we're fighting and how um, the toxic exposures that we people are exposed to um, fighting for our country and serving our country. What do you say to women? And do you, first of all, do you recommend women still look at the military as a viable option? And what do you say to women that, um, that have to deal with all these challenges? I think that with all of those challenges, we have to, we on the outside have to keep fighting for those on the inside. You know, the battles are inside, as you're saying. You know, not only are there the battles out in the field and things like that, but the battles are on legislation. The battles are on the bad behaviors of those who are in the military, and they need to do more screening, you know, more uh, concrete screening, because a lot of this bad behavior is coming into the military, you know, and I think we need to start doing some very strategic and, and rational things, you know, like making these people who are uh, uh, offenders, they are sex offenders. We need to make them sex offenders so that when they leave the military, they're on a sexual list that that cannot be denied for any, that can be denied for just about everything to keep our community safe and the young women can be at peace knowing that their cases are being heard and that they are being heard and that they hear them. It's important. The military this is not something new. This has been going on for years, and by now we should be able to figure it out, just like this homeless problem. This is, this is nothing new. So they need to talk to the people on the outside, too, talk to those who have been the targets of, you know, the tragedies that take place, and, and just listen. If they listen to some of these things, then they can make some sound decisions on how to, how to deal with it and make it go away. It may never go away, but at least we will have a time where we can basically eliminate a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And then once again, so tell us, one of the, what's the most challenging thing that you have at your job at National Women's Veterans United? What would you say as far as the missions that you take on, what's the most challenging part of what you do? I think the most challenging part is not doing as much as we could do if we had more finances and resources to do it. So, you know, we need the we need big money. You know, we need to have that building where we can do, you know, operational stuff with them to make sure that they are whole and healthy and that they have that backing, knowing that they are not alone. So we need that's the main thing that we need. Our members are all branches of service, wartime, peacetime, every branch, you know, and and so they know how to do peer support. We all have been trained in that. You know, also, we're not going to forget suicide and things like that. Those things come along with not being heard. Those things come along with not having the right resources to be with people when they need them the most, you know. So we look at all of those things that, you know, they kind of like, 
are things that are, are keeping us from being able to really thrive the way that we could if, in fact, we had those resources. One thing I love about your facility, you have that wonderful museum downstairs in the basement, and I encourage people to really go check it out. We have a lot of stuff in there to see, memorabilia, history about women in the military. That's really great that you guys are doing that, and all the work you're doing is really phenomenal. I really appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank you so much for bringing that up because we're very proud of it also because it tells the story of every woman who has been along with us pretty much and that, you know, uh, that lets them know that people are hearing their stories. So we are so happy about that. And we also, you know, definitely want to make sure that they know that they are counted as the heroes of the nation. And we don't want them to forget that. Rochelle Crump, U.S. Army veteran and founder of the, and president of the National Veterans United. Thanks for your time. We have Let's have our moment of silence, please, for Officer Arena Preston. Moment of silence. America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.